You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Bueller. Bueller. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. Nobody can stay here. I'll be back. Wax on. Wax off. Go ahead. Make my day. Sweep the leg. Here, here. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horns. This is Power Trippin' Through the 80s with Jason Klaus and Sean Grugel on the PFC Entertainment Network. Recording live from Castle Grugel in Holly, Michigan. Welcome to Power Trippin' Through the 80s along with the king of the castle, Sean Grugel. I'm Jason Klaus and we keep saying sean that we're going to do things you know get back to a normal um routine or format and you know every time we we think that that's what we're going to do you come up with another brilliant idea forsooth as the king of green castle (laughs) i decree we shall continue with the list It's been a party up in Castle Grugel. I have been drinking a mighty tankard of Al bullshit. I've been drinking water preparing for this show. Uh, we're all over the board here. Uh, it, you know, full disclosure behind the scenes, like during the time before we come on the air here, we went through a range of emotions and it has actually spawned a new idea if, if you can believe that but we'll talk about that later on this is the first uh episode of this show of 2024 so right out of the gate man happy new year and happy new year to you too brother yeah any idea off the top of your head what episode this is what in terms of number yeah uh you know what i'll just look it up real quick okay we're gonna look it up in the meantime i'm going to sing a little ditty that i wrote oh um that's bullshit. I'm just killing time, man. You should know that. <laughs> uh, this is episode uh, number six, number sixty. Number sixty. Yeah. That's that's quite an accomplishment. It really is. It really is. You know, you and you think, um, you know, when we first started talking about doing this show, 
it was actually going to be like a one-off on the flagship show. And then, you know, we like what aspect of the 80s do we focus on in an hour and a half? And it spawned into the idea of creating our own show. And that has expanded to like these different countdowns, much like we're going to do here today. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny to think about. We were sitting in... If I remember right, it was in the garage in Fenton when mm-hmm. we were talking about this idea. And in the very first episode, we were you hear it in our original intro. We don't know what the hell we were going to talk about. No. Nope. And uh, a lot of times, we don't know what the hell we're going to talk about until the day of anyway. Yep. So, uh, 60 episodes, man. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I, I, it is an accomplishment because... How many other podcasts, and I said this when I launched the flagship show, if I get to 10 episodes, I will consider that a win for me, right? And because there's so many podcasts that attempt, and by the double digit mark of their episode count, if they're not seeing uh, the numbers or the success that they thought that they would, they abandon ship. They, They just pull the plug on it, and... I'm one of those guys that give it time to get the roots in place and let it grow organically. Well, it didn't take long for this show to grow and and to let us know that, okay, there is an audience, there is interest, and more more importantly than that, well, not more importantly, I, I shouldn't say that, just as important... It's the, the amount of fun that we have when, when we do this. This is no shit. One of the things I look forward to each and every week. Yeah, this is this is one of those shows like, you know, Levi was talking about on a heat vent. This is one of those shows that I would absolutely love to see it make it to a, a more of a global market, like on a Sirius XM. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that we're on Spotify and iTunes <laughs> and, you know, whatever other social media platform is out there. But, man, if we can get out to, like, a, a national stage, like a Sirius XM, and bring this brand of tomfoolery to the rest of the world, uh, I, I can't imagine the expansion that power, or the hold that power tripping through the 80s could have on the rest of the world. I listen to different 80s podcasts, and a lot of times they're the type of podcasts that make me want to fall asleep. Right. Uh, this one here, yeah, we do go off on sidebars, we do go off on rants, but at the same time, uh, it all comes back around. You know, we've had we've had guests on this show. We've talked about a multitude of topics. We've done live broadcasts. There's not too many other podcasts out there that I know of that have gone out of their way to make sure that we reach more of a larger uh, audience than a lot of other podcasts do. That's uh, I I have maintained, and I don't I there. I know this is going to come come across as e- egotistical or whatever. I don't give a shit. We're uh, kind of big deals. We're allowed to be egotistical. I mean, <laughs> let's call a spade a spade here. Um, we are the best kept secret in podcasting in this genre. Um, I I feel like, and I, I have mentioned this in the last week or so on the other shows, I feel like 2024 is going to be our Wayne's World year. I, I feel like this is going to be the year that somebody, like we are going to come across somebody's radar that sees a lot of potential in what we're doing and we're going to get plucked right up and out and put onto a, a bigger platform. Whether 
we do that on our own accord or somebody else uh, sees something in us. Like I have a very, very strong feeling that this year, uh, the entire network overall is just going to blow the fuck up. I mean, and if it means I get to hook up with Tia Carrer, I am 110% in. <laughs> So she was hot. She was hot. She's still hot. I, I haven't I, I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, okay, sidebar because that's what we <laughs> we do. I mean, yeah, she was hot in Wayne's World, but man, in True Lies, yeah, uh, I was a fan of hers in Jury Duty with Polly Shore. I mean, how the mighty has fallen when she went from Wayne's World to Polly Shore, but it was a paycheck. It was a paycheck, but hey, you know. Uh, just like Tia Carrere, uh, John Lennon. <laughs> you like that? How the fuck did you make that transition? Uh, I, man, I'm telling you what. Uh, maybe we should talk about what we're doing on the show I was show just going to say, yeah, you can't you can't go from Tia to John like that without, <laughs> I mean, what we're, well, as you can tell, number one, this is another special format show. Uh, we are doing a countdown. And uh, we figured because this is our first show of the new year, this drops on the 3rd of January, we would revisit the decade of the 80s. And what was the number one song going into the new year? And you have done extensive research on this, went above and beyond as you usually do to, to compile this list. And it starts off a little shaky for me, but... A little shaky? <laughs> Uh, but as you as you will see during the course of this program here, uh, the, number one, the quality of music improves, and number two, you you really get a gauge of where music was making the transition. That this was the number one song on the Billboard chart during that you know during the the, the New Year's holiday. Yeah, uh, I. We were talking about before we started the show, and yeah, I was almost speechless there for a second. <laughs> Until the song got into the meat of the matter, yeah. as it were, I was like, I never heard this song before. Right. And you can tell that Yoko Ono had a huge influence on this song going into 81. Um, do you want me to go ahead and introduce it, or do you want to do your radio voice like you were talking about? No, you go ahead. I mean, you you have the the list in front of you, so we'll let you do the intro for it, and then when we come back, then you get WFUK. Go <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck yourself, radio! Which, but, by the way, we have a new uh, t-shirt available. <laughs> Cafepress.com forward slash PFC Network. So, coming in at 1980. We have John Lennon in Just Like Starting Over. We have grown Although our love is still special Let's take a chance and fly away Somewhere Oh, 
song before we came on the air and like you're like I've never heard this before and I have I wasn't even looking at you when you played it and I'm like as it started I'm like who the hell is this because it didn't it didn't gravitate to me that this was John Lennon because John Lennon has one of those voices that you know well I guess I shouldn't say that because I did not know who it was until it got into the meat of the song like you said and you said it perfectly. The Yoko Ono influence. <laughs> I. Uh, she has such a pretty voice. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so does Large Marge, but be that as it may. Just tell her she sent you. <laughs> uh, moving on in in the countdown here. Um, one of the more iconic. Um, you know, singers, actresses, this song became something of an anthem in the very early part of the 1980s. And it kind of, you know, one of those songs that inspired an entire movement. Right. And the music video that accompanied it, we've talked about it before, very controversial towards the end of it. And uh, 
really, I mean, it was a good music video. Yeah. For what it, for what it is. And this, the song is, as you like to say, quite the toe tapper. It's a toe tapper. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, coming out of 1980. We're in 1981, getting right ahead in 1982. So number one song, 1981 on December 31st was... Olivia Newton-John with Physical.
Olivia Newton-John with Physical on WFUK Power Tripper Radio, where you can go fuck yourself, FM. Jeez, <laughs> oh, even got the slogan and everything now. My God, I've been practicing. Yeah, I'm surprised you don't got the one finger up against the ear like you got your head for. <laughs> I didn't want to get too over the top because, I mean, nobody can see it. I mean, you would appreciate it, but be that as it may. Uh, yeah, Olivia Newton-John, you know, I, I was going to make a joke about, you know, Xanadu, but that came out earlier than what this song did. But, you know, like I said, you know, you can rope her into a genre of, of different celebrities that really pushed for... Uh, better health and and things of this nature. Her, Jane Fonda, Suzanne Summers. Oh, I was just showing you what the next song is. Oh, I was like, okay, all right, all right. So, uh, you know, moving on into the countdown here. Uh, what year are we coming into? Eighty three. Eighty three. Okay. So, this is. A, it seemed like there was a um, a time in music where uh, I. The word tag team was the first one <laughs> that came up. But, uh, you know, these two-man bands, Simon and Garfunkel, and, you know, these guys that really collaborated, collaborated, captured lightning in a bottle, and became a huge success. In the 1980s, that genre was ruled by uh, Hall of Notes. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, one of my favorite songs, and I'm surprised it's not on this list. I believe it was called Out of Touch. Yeah. I thought that was a great song. It wasn't, maybe I'm wrong. No, that's someone else. I was getting ready to say Rich Girl, but that's, uh, wasn't that? No, I don't think that was, it may have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, Hall of Notes, this is the part of the countdown where it really starts to trigger the the most vibrant or, or, or vivid memories because, again, it goes back, you know, everything goes back around my parents I, they had this vinyl album. They played it on Saturday nights. And, like, I remember hearing, especially this song here, which became one of uh, one of their true uh, tentpole songs, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this song here, as soon as you heard the opening notes and that saxophone, mm -hmm. you knew immediately what song was coming on. So the number one song on December 31st, 1982... Was Man Eater by Hall and Oates.
Hollow Notes with Maneater here on WFUK. Well, you really are enjoying your radio voice today. I it's, it's ridiculous. It's the little things in life, right? But it makes my heart giggle, so I'm here for it. Um, I'm sure it's making everyone else giggle, too. <laughs> you know, we, we were talking... Uh, you know, while the song was playing, and I, I said to you, I, you know, I feel like I heard that there was some sort of legal issue between Hollow Notes. And upon doing some research here, I realized uh, just how deep this went because the first headline I saw was very vague. And I'm like, well, that is ridiculous to, you know, to throw away a quarter century of a, you know, business relationship, partner, you know, partnership or what have you. But come to find out, this is some serious shit. Um, one one is trying to sell his uh, version, his half of the publishing rights of their entire catalog uh, to another company. So that's you know that's obviously worth uh, worth filing a lawsuit over if you can't come to some sort of agreement. Like that's huge. Well, if he's only selling half of the catalog. I don't mean half the songs. I mean half of the rights to the catalog. Sounds like the uh, publishing company that wants to buy the rights to these songs is going to have to go after the other half. Right. Uh, I don't know. You know, selling off your rights to the songs seems to be multi-million dollar business deals anymore. And why a person wouldn't consider that, especially when hauling oats... Let's face it, man. They're over the hill. They're they're on the downside of sixty. You know they're 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 getting ready to roll up into a six foot coffin box here before too long. And uh, you know they're on the casino tours. <laughs> yes, I mean, dude. Speaking of casino tours, one of my favorite bands, and I, I know this is a sidebar, but Nelson. Yeah. They're, they're doing cruise ships. Are they really? They're doing cruise ship tours. I was like, are you kidding me? So, Ricky Nelson's kids, Love and Affection and After the Rain, are on the cruise ships now. So More Than Ever was was my favorite song by them. Was it? Yeah. I actually have it on one, one of my playlists on my phone. And it was another one of those bands that, man, what could have been with them? Yeah. You know, I really expected more. Okay, getting back on track here. Um <laughs> So moving on from the Hall of Notes thing, coming in, uh, going into uh, 84, 85 era. Another tag team. Yeah. Um, kind of like a makeshift. It, it wasn't one that uh, made a lot of music t- together, but as I sit here and think about it, uh, there, there was a similar rift between these two later on in life over publishing rights over songs and things like that because Paul McCartney was, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Michael Jackson bought the rights to some of the Beatles albums. And it, and it started a, a big controversy between the two of them. But before that happened, they collaborated on uh, one of my favorite songs in this era, to, to be honest with you. I was a fan myself. The music video was pretty cool. In the beginning, you see Paul McCartney selling Firewater, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Michael Jackson comes over, takes a sip of it, and then takes down a big old arm wrestler right. in the music video. So, uh, you know what? Here at WFUK, I'm going to go ahead and let you introduce this one, Jason. Well, coming in next on our countdown of the number one songs on New Year's Day is Say, Say, Say by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. <laughs> Come on in, gentlemen, gather 
I forgot just how fun that video was. And just listening to the first couple of moments of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can totally re or revision that that video um it's, and this is this is where mtv was really starting to become a thing and really getting music on a completely different level a wider level in some regards like the music video was really starting to uh be that that companion to the song yeah you know i believe this music video was a transition from Michael Jackson going from sweater mess van to leather jacket dancing in a bar, man. I mean, that fire water really did a number on him. <laughs> well, doing a number, uh, let's let's talk about our next entry here on this countdown of the number one songs in uh, of New Year's of the 1980s. Uh, she's on the Mount Rushmore. There, yeah. there is absolutely no argument. That this woman is on the Mount Rushmore of 1980s musicians. Yes, Yoko Ono was a... Fuck off. Oh. Are you kidding me right now? You might as well if I just can't. No. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, Roseanne Barr, when she sung the national anthem as a goddess, her voice was like an angel. Was that 1980s? I'm so confused at this point. It was 1989. Is your blood sugar dropping? Like, what the fuck is wrong with oh, you right I, now? Did I jump the gun here? <laughs> Where? Where? Oh, crap. 1984. 1984. All right. 84 was a good year. 84 was a great year. Tigers. Yeah, absolutely. The year of the Detroit Tigers World Series champions. That's what I incorporate with. Between that and the birth of Hulkamania on a worldwide platform in the WWF, like 84 was where it was at, in my opinion. And there were some good movies in of that year. You had you know, Gremlins. You had... Uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, you know, the first one. Like, there was a lot of good Indiana Jones. Uh, so, but moving back into the into the music scene, one woman was setting the shit on fire. She comes in at uh, the number one spot going into the new year. This is like a, was it like a virgin on... I messed up my own intro, bro. Hey, I, you I, said Virginian, and I... <laughs> well, okay, real quick before we go into this song. When we were kids, <laughs> we used to sit at the base of the TV with our tape recorders. Yeah. And we would wait for the song to come on, and we would tape it off of MTV. That's how we pirated music when we were kids. And my sister was so excited because she was able to record the song Like a Virginian by Madonna. And I've never, for 40 years, I've never let her, let it down. I've never let it down. Kind of so, like at? Kind of like at. <laughs> and that will never die. At will never die. So, all right. In. Here you go. Here's your intro, buddy. You got this. All right. Coming in next on our countdown is Like a Virgin by Madonna.
that was Madonna with Like a Virgin. Now, coming in at... Oh, shit. We're gonna... A radio DJ you'll never be. Thank God you're a podcast host. I swear to God. <laughs> All right, a little bit too many libations this morning, but be that as it may. Hey, it's, you know, it's kind of like the... We're setting out the holiday season, right? Yeah, so say you, say me. I get right. this. <laughs> so, you know, with with any countdown, with any gathering of music, you 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 know, you go from one aspect of it, kind of a toe tapper. You're moving around a little bit, but you gotta slow it down, right? Slow it down. That's right. Now, coming in at uh on our countdown here of the number one songs going into New Year's is one of those guys that started out in a band. The Commodores. Yep, yep. And uh, was one of the few, in my estimation, that was able to achieve a great deal of success in a collaborative effort, but then branch off on his own or her own and become arguably a bigger su- a success would you agree oh i absolutely agree and then he got with simon cow yeah on, uh that singing show what the hell american, american idol. idol yep and honestly he's one of my favorite judges on there i don't even miss paula abdul anymore oh see uh no i do i <laughs> <laughs> oh it's too bad we don't we're not doing this for video for things just like that uh, we are going to slow it down a little bit so grab your loved one move the coffee table out of the way and enjoy this next entry it's Lionel Richie with Say You Say Me Understands when you feel you 
people's ear holes <laughs> man that was fun though that was a fun outro i appreciated that so much <laughs> it's like wow am, am i listening to after dark on cars 108 i don't know <laughs> bring out the bubble bath the champagne oh, those out things with. are about to get wet <laughs> Oh man! Holy shit! That that was fun. Yeah. So okay. So we slowed it down. Now guess what? Going back into uh, what year are we in now? Eighty six. Eighty six. We're gonna bring things back up, Jason. I turned ten years old this year. This was the year of. Uh, uh, this was really the pivot. The pivot point of the decade. Like a lot of shit was changing towards the latter part of the decade and, and this song is a prime example of that uh girl bands were becoming very prominent and this one in in my view uh it was one of the trailblazers that really let girls know that they could be legit rock stars exactly and when you look at this band of bangles look at the programming that was coming out for girls gem and the holograms are a direct yes. reflection on uh, these girls here, Banana Rama. Yeah. The list can go on and on and on. So, Jason, do your video voice and let's get this one going, brother. Coming in at 1985, going into 86 is the Bengals with Rock okay, Like we're an Egyptian. Do one more.
Egyptian. Sorry, I was walking like an Egyptian in the studio here. I, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. that That's one of those songs. I always enjoy listening to this. That, that's one, if it comes on the radio, I'm not switching. No. I, you know, I remember the music video listening to that song. I remember the girl, it was a close-up of her face, standing up at the mic, and she's looking back and forth. Looked like she was paranoid, but, I mean, that started a revolution for what about three or four months people walking like an egyptian yeah it was it was kind of crazy how these dances uh started to sh- uh, you know shape and uh not shape but be created and start to shape into a bit of a revolution if you will absolutely it was it, it turned into a revolution everybody was you know everybody was trying to come up with with new moves and you know, you, you credit a lot of that, not just, like, songs like Walk Like an Egyptian, but, like, Michael Jackson, when he broke off on his own, when Thriller came out, he was really, you know, when he introduced the moonwalk, that, I mean, people lost their fucking minds. You can go on YouTube and look at the Motown 25 special that they did on, on television. That's the first time he did that on, on TV, and you hear that pop. Like, it was a legitimate pop. People lost their fucking minds. Like, what is he doing, right? Um, but going into the latter part of, of the 80s, you know, in our next entry here is going to be another one of those artists that was part of a collaborative effort. In my, I have my own opinions of it. I realize record sales will, will disqualify my personal take, but once he broke off on his own... He really dialed into a different part of his of his cr- creative process and really became. Um, wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> you put way too much emphasis on that for me. I'm just. Wow! Know, <laughs> All right. Well, with that coming in, going. Don't wake me up before uh, you go go. Leave me hanging. I'm about to go go. You know. <laughs> coming in. Next on our countdown is George Michael with actually a good song, Faith. Baby, 
His, uh, his solo efforts really resurrected his career, and um, I have more of a better appreciation for George Michael as a solo artist. And I don't know why I have such a disdain for Wham! other than their goddamn Christmas song. But, it, I mean, a couple... I like I, Wham's songs were better as remakes, in my opinion. But George Michael, anytime anybody has redone one of his solo efforts, I don't dig it. I'm telling you, George Michael was such an influence on Hulk Hogan during the NWO era with that Lee Presson beard. I mean, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Hulk Hogan should be thanking George Michael every day for the opportunity to paint on that damn beard and get away with it. You know, I'm going to file that <laughs> under things I never thought I'd hear today, so that was fun. Uh, I bet you didn't know that fact, did you? No, no, I cer certainly... I mean, but I can see the correlation. I can see the correlation. That's why I'm here. I'm full of information. Nuggets of information. Some might call it shit. Some might say I'm full of nuggets of shit. Some might just say I'm full of shit. But damn it, that's what I am. I am the shit. I don't know where the hell that came from. That was pretty either. good. It was pretty good. I feel like that's going to be a t-shirt over at cafepress.com forward slash PFC network. All right, we're nearing the end of this countdown of the number one songs of, of New Year's in the decade of 1980s. And I know Just this... Just two more to go, man. Yeah. Um, you know, ironically, as fast as we've gone through this countdown, that's kind of how it felt like uh, the decade went for us once we got past the 1985, 1986 years. Uh, going into 88 here... Um, you. Yeah, you you really go you really start to see another um, another boom in a genre of music that uh, wasn't regulated to a specific fan base. This was across the board. Eighties uh, hair bands became a big damn deal. Hair bands, glam bands, calm what you want, man. It's still rock and roll to me because that's my music. Motley Crue, Poison. Uh, Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, you name it. Those are the bands I love. Those are the bands I grew up on. I mean, don't get me wrong. I listen to the Madonnas and I listen to the Michael Jacksons. But you look at my playlist now, and it's what you would call the 80s hair bands. Yeah, it, uh, Skid Row is another one. that oh, I mean, even though they came in on the scene later on in, in the decade, the band that comes in next is... Uh, Right there with, uh, I, I would put them on, on the same level as a Motley Crue in terms of um, having their contributions and expanding this genre of music. And it really shattered a lot of stereotypes that these guys weren't just blah, 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 blah. I mean, there was actual feeling and substance to their songs. This, our, our next entry here is on full display of that. Uh, so coming in next on our countdown on WFUK is Poison with Every Rose Has a Thorn. We both lie silently still in the dead of the night. 
Though we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was it something I said or something I did? Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you Though I tried But I guess that's why they say Every rose has its thorn Just like every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorn Settlers a game of easy come and easy go But I wonder, does he know Has it ever been like this? And I know that you would be here right now If I could have let you know somehow I guess every rose has its thorn Just like every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy Sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorn Though it's been a while now I can still feel so much pain Like the knife that cuts you The wound heals But the sky Listening to that song, just the first few chords took me back to Zimmer Junior High School 
at um, the dances that that we would have there. Yeah, my my school is a little bit different. Um, they played pour some sugar on me, and we throw dollar bills at the girls. <laughs> Fair enough. But wait a minute, that wasn't high school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but poison, you know, it. Uh, they were really, they they really, like I said earlier, they really helped expand and shatter these stereotypes that people looked at rock stars, you know, metal stars in some regards in a certain way. But the introduction of power ballads really. Um, really helped shatter all that shit. And Poison was big in the power ballads. I mean, you know, something to believe in, you know, a few others throughout that genre through the Flesh and Blood album on up. I mean, incredible band. And, you know, uh, I do the karaoke thing, and mm-hmm. I know these songs by heart. I don't even have to look at the screens when they're, you know, the karaoke words are coming across the screens. It's just such amazing writing, such amazing songs, and I'll never have the voice of Brett Michaels, for God's sakes, but uh, I sure can pretend. So. <laughs> uh, Brett Michaels, uh, I, I, this is a sidebar. <clears throat> like, we all have heroes, right? Like, for me, it's Hogan. Uh, it's I've made no mistake about that. I, I have a buddy of mine that I went to school with. Uh, his name is Dan. His... His idol, his hero throughout the course of his life was Brett Michaels. Same thing my buddy Boxstep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had seen on Facebook, uh, he was actually able to meet Brett Michaels a couple of times. Brett Michaels plays the machine shop in Flint quite regularly. Yeah. So it's it's cool. When I think when I think of Poison, obviously you think of Brett Michaels because he's kind of made his own name doing different things, not necessarily just in music, but he's been on, on various t- TV shows. He's formed his own identity, not to shit on Poison, but in addition to. Right, and he's not as scary looking as like Sebastian Bach or Vince Neil now either. Yeah. Vince Neil can't even sing his own songs anymore. Right, right. So. I, I mean, the same can be said for Axl Rose, oh, too. Poor Axl Rose. I know. It, we could spend an entire episode on that. Maybe we will. Every bit. day he looks like he's been stung by a thousand bees. Yeah, yeah. Bad shape. Uh, rounding out this uh, countdown this decade... Um, is another one of those guys that would that really started as a, in a band in a collaborative effort, broke off on his own, and which became, is an incredible band, by the way. Absolutely, I I, I don't know wh- why they broke up the way they broke up, but Genesis, I love Genesis. I had a, a, an expanse of their albums, mm-hmm. and when Phil Collins broke out on his own, brother, I'm telling you what, this song it's it shocks me that it's the number one at this day. Because, you know, uh, you can go through the gambit of Phil Collins songs. Uh, we could sit here for hours talking about Phil Collins. Yeah. But I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, you know, Genesis, I, I, I think they're very important to 80s culture. They don't get enough credit. I, I was just going to say the exact same thing. They do not give enough, or they do not get enough credit for their contributions and their influence that they've had on other bands. There's other bands that have come out in that era and since then. People are using snippets of their music in their songs here today. That's part of the influence. Phil Collins, uh, and I'll, I'll be straight up, he's one of those guys I did not appreciate enough um, during his heyday. And now that I go back and listen to his catalog of music, both with the band and on his own, 
I'm like, man, I really missed the boat on this guy. And he's kind of one of those I low-key wish I would have been able to see in concert. But clearly that's not going to be a thing if, if you're keeping up with him in, in the here and now. But bless his heart, he... Uh, Wasn't he knighted? I believe he may have been. I think he was knighted. Um, speaking of knighted, we're going to have to call it a good night here in a second, Chase. I really think we should do the uh, exit of the show and let Phil be our guide. Yeah. And uh, so, hey, Happy New Year's to you, brother. Happy New Year to you, man. And, you know, we've talked about this in, in you know, the last few weeks, how much I appreciate you and, and your family and everything that you've done for me this holiday season. And... I, I personally am coming into 2024 with reckless fucking abandon, and uh, that's going to be beneficial for all of us, you know, m moving forward here. Uh, check out our official online store. I, I've I've plugged it a few times, cafepress.com forward slash PFC network. Uh, check out the website, net. That's actually undergoing a um, some updates, as, as it were, right now. And all of the other great shows that we have here. We've got Klaus of the Heart Podcast. We've got Say What. We've got... Uh, Shh, we don't talk about that. Yep. Got the Heat Vent. The Real Podcast. Uh, what's, the, what's the one? Did you and Pope come up with a name for your new show? Yes. So, I I, I'm, I don't think it will have dropped yet. Um, but uh, we're about ready to launch the Potato Pals Perspective. 3P. 3P. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so looking forward to working on that with him. And uh, uh, you never know what else brand new might be coming down the pike sooner rather than later. But uh, with that being said, we appreciate everybody tuning in all year long in 2023. We look forward to hanging out with, with us in 2024. And with that, we will say goodbye until next week with Phil Collins and another day in paradise on WFUK. Let's do